Hello, and welcome to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. Dive. Dive. You're listening to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet, a podcast where three friends explore online communities of the weird and strange phenomena from the deepest depths of the internet. Captain, we've gone too far. Welcome to another episode of 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. My name is Harlan Spinks. Joined with me, as always, are my two best friends and and uh, Hyper Chad Pogger bros, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Luck. Please say hello, Kyle. What's up? My name is Surfer Kyle. <laughs> and also John Carr. Say hello, John Carr. What's up? My name's Ditch. Ditch? <laughs> Fucking oh. Ditch. Get I- out of here. I fucking Same. hate that and love it. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're it, jealous of that ditch. You got like you got like a crew of dudes always, right? There's always like four oh, or five yeah. white dudes and uh, there's Lots like of hangers on. It's like Jeremy, fucking Ryan, Ditch, fucking didn't. a dude Andy. named Ditch is a white dude with like the the shitty little like 1992 Johnny Depp pencil mustache, mm-hmm. but yeah. also has dreads and he's blonde and sure. it's horrible. But the point and is famous stars and stripes hat <laughs> sure sure yeah, sure you gotta look guys the thing is though is that every one of these groups has to have one guy with a nickname yeah so like, ditch is the guy right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's like yeah that's okay. cameron that's that's trevor that's uh that's garrett that's ditch and then we got brad over <laughs> i'm there. sorry hang on excuse you gloss me right over it no you hang- gloss right over it. you don't yeah. ask did you say yeah did you say ditch yeah, yeah, yeah. Ditch, Ditch has got us. And, he, he, and Connor and Trevor and Chad. Yeah, and then we got Brad over here, and we got Squibby, and then we got uh, Brandon. <laughs> we got Squib. <laughs> you know, like the thing they use in movies, like the blood yeah. packets that explode. All right, this intro's crazy. Um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be talking about furries. Um, Again? It, no, we didn't talk. We we touched on it in the Brony episode, but this is a oh, full yeah, on kind of gloss. We kind of glossed over it. We're we're doing a deep dive. This is a full on furry episode with a uh, with a little side uh, quest, if you will, uh, into around this. In, yeah, into other kin. Um, uh, so Don't let's. Worry. I'm fur positive. I am also for positive. We've established this, I think, a yeah. lot in this <laughs> this podcast <laughs> and the other one. We talk about furries a lot. <laughs> I think that's why I thought we already covered it. <laughs> yeah, because we mention it so often. Anyway, yeah. let's dive in. All right, so we have to start, obviously, from the beginning, right? Uh, furries exist mainly or that's where a lot of furry art and music and things like that exist is on the internet but it actually has some deeper roots that go back to like the 1970s with uh like underground comics the underground Mm. comics movement i should be more specific comics with an x um interesting okay oh okay what what is you gonna talk about that or do you want to guess what the x means uh like x-men comics yeah <laughs> superheroes <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I mean, no it's explicit comics from the 70s oh uh, like comics xxx 
Yeah. So, um, uh, in uh, 1976 or so, there were a pair of cartoonists uh, who created the Amateur Press Association, Voodi, V O O T I E, uh, which which was specifically okay. animal focused art. Cool. So, horny dudes with pencils made a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, you know, over the following like several years or so, uh, they would meet at um, science fiction and comics conventions, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the where it grew. <clears throat> the that's an interesting place. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, it's like these guys are like reading, f- you know, fantasy and fiction and superhero comics, and were also artists themselves, and they probably, you know, being artists, knew a lot of the people that would go to these conventions, and so it was mm-hmm, kind of just mm-hmm. a natural progression. Um, yeah. But the concept of furry originated at a science fiction convention in 1980 when a character drawing from Steve Galacci's Albedo Anthropomorphics ended up sort of starting. Yeah, I know. It's already. We're already. I mean, it's a very catchy name. Mm -hmm. Albedo Anthropomorphics. Yeah. Um, John, John Varbados. Anthropomorphics. Just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, the word anthropomorphics, it, it, like, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. No. Which uh, is the word you use a lot, Harland? I do. It's a very good word outside of describing a thing that is sexy and that you maybe, maybe want to put your parts in. Anthropomorphic to tub <laughs> so this ended up starting like a discussion at one of these uh conventions about anthropomorphic characters in science fiction novels um and at like conventions when people started to like dress up essentially so the mm-hmm. the specific term furry fandom was being used in fanzines as early as like 1983 and had kind of become like the standard name for the genre by the 90s uh, fans consider the origin of the furry fandom to be much earlier, though, with fictional works such as Kimba the White Lion, which, if no one's familiar, um, basically uh, the Lion King ripped off like everything about Kimba. Uh, oh, it, <clears throat> I can already yeah. hear one very close similarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's actually a great documentary from a furry YouTuber that I follow, who I've also mentioned on here. Um, uh, uh, Furtuber. Uh, why am I blanking on his fucking username? Um, yo, your movie sucks. And he did a fucking yeah. like two-hour documentary on all the differences and similarities with Kim with the White Lion. So it was released in 1965. People also cite other uh, works such as Richard Adams's Watership Down in 1972, oh, yeah, yeah. and also Disney's Robin Hood um, as uh, being often cited as well. <clears throat> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that and makes sense. I'll be honest, Robin. In Robin Hood, he's a hot fox. He yeah, can, he he's can a get it. Boy. Yeah. Um, so during, excuse me, it's a Firefox. This episode brought to you by Mozilla. <laughs> Does yeah, that, that still exist? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. So. so during the eighties, uh, furry fans started to like publish these fanzines, and they started to develop like a more diverse social group that eventually. Uh, uh, began to schedule social gatherings. So by 1989, there were like sufficient interest to stage the first furry con. Um, mm-hmm. And it was called 
conference zero. <laughs> oh, good God. lord, that's terrible. That's 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 what happens when you don't have an art kid in in your group. <laughs> but I am. There's no, there's no one to come up with some sweet copy or yeah. like a quick name. Like that's bad. But conference, we kind of like it. It honestly though, <clears throat> it would just spelled out you. It, you would maybe miss the pun in there though yeah, yeah. unless you like put like a, 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 the, the 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 pun in like caps and put a bunch of r's right exactly mm. yeah conference so, get it guys get it <laughs> so this was held in costa mesa california and over the next decade or so the internet obviously became more accessible or like it became accessible to the general public period yeah, just it's it's it happened and uh, I became uh, basically the most popular means for furries to socialize. Yeah. OK. Like, um, find find these people <clears throat> in other parts of the world, basically. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, not like you can't go to elementary school and be like, yeah, we can, we can start a furries on campus club. Because it, there's a hundred of us on campus, but yeah, and even now it's still like not in the mainstream, which we'll get into. But <clears throat> people uh, clamoring for the mascot job in high school—if that was the case, like the I didn't even think about that. Dude. Highest highest contended position in the school. It, it would be John. it would be more uh, bloodthirsty than you know, like class president i well, wonder how many people back in like the 70s 80s and 90s who mm. really just wanted to get all up in that fucking mascot costume turned out like oh i'm a furry that's why i was so hot to get that job the year was 1974 and i was struggling <laughs> to determine who i was the point of the matter is, is that i did not know who i was until they put on the beaver but I, yeah, I was, but I really associated with that hot beaver. When I put the beaver on, I became the beaver. I was the beaver. The beaver was me. I mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. the beaver. Now I'm 78 years old, <laughs> attending I, furry cons. And I still slap that tail. So and you, you gotta. <clears throat> you gotta slap you the gotta tail. slap the tail. I've always said that. <laughs> you know what? You always have said that. <laughs> Harlan so, always slaps the tail. Mm -hmm, always. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about these communities uh, because, uh, you know, there were multitudes of them on the Internet at the time, or at least popping up. Um, you know, you've got Fur, fur Affinity, Ink, <laughs> yeah. Ink Bunny, So wow. Furry, and Weasel, spelled with a Y, <laughs> W-E-A-S-Y-L. You said which Weasel spelled with a Y, and I was like, like Yeasel? <laughs> which <laughs> I'm, pretty about? I'm pretty sure Weasel is one of the fake made-up radio stations in GTA. Weasel if, Radio, right? If, if you're Kanye, listening to the Weasel. <laughs> if, if, if Kanye West was a furry, he'd be a Yeasel. Yes, he would be a yes. Yeasel. It's very good. Very good. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I mean, Kanye is pretty borderline. He's worn some pretty elaborate costumes in his music videos. That's and, true. And he blurs the like line between furry and fashion. <laughs> and isn't that really what we're talking about here? 
No, I don't think so. Actually, no, <laughs> Just, no, <laughs> this is totally different. Not <laughs> but I, I love the attempt at the olive branch, John. <laughs> so there's also there were also social networking sites uh, called Furry for Life. Obviously, you gotta have Furry for Life. Fur Nation, an- another right on the right on the mm-hmm. nose. Fur Nation, and then Wikifur, um, uh, which these kind of were all like Usenet uh, news groups um, <clears throat> initially, and they were replaced by like forums and mailing lists and a lot of live journals uh, from my research. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which, I mean, let's be honest, that makes sense. It's a live journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had one, by the way. Did you guys have a live journal? I did. No. I think I posted like once or twice, and then I was like, this is boring. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until my adulthood. Oh, really? Yeah. It it completely passed me by. It was definitely a thing that entered my life, but I never made one. Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, there were also several web comics that came out of these featuring animal characters created by or for furry fans. One such comic um, was called The Fox, the being an acronym. I don't know what the acronym was. I forgot to look that up. I'm sorry. Uh, and it was at, it was going to live in mystery now. Yeah. The Fox. Uh, and it was published on CompuServe in 1986, predating the worldwide web. Even CompuServe, dude. Yeah. Wow. So the, we also have like some of the older, uh, Usenet news groups, like alt.lifestyle.furry, which was created to accommodate like discussions beyond just furry art and literature. Um, and to sort of like resolve uh, like disputes concerning what should or should not be associated with the fandom. Like mm-hmm. this is where like lines were being drawn uh, and and defining what this was was on like these Usenet uh, news groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So the actual definition of what a furry is, is a person with an important emotional, spiritual, emotional slash spiritual connection with an animal or animals real fictional or symbolic right interesting yes um yeah questions class (laughs) (laughs) i'm just waiting until we're getting to lola bunny oh fuck you know i didn't even think to put that in here but we will definitely talk about lola bunny uh and Mm -hmm. also uh zootopia uh yep yep so in 2007 uh, or a 2007 survey examined what it meant to be a furry and proposed a taxonomy in which to categorize different types of furries. The largest group, uh, I have a lot of uh, percentages to coming up in this one because I think it's fascinating. But the largest group, 38% of those surveys described their interest in furry fandom predominantly as a, quote, route to socializing with others who share common interests such as anthropomorphic art and costumes. However, they also identified furries who saw themselves as other than human or who desired to become more like the furry species, which they identified with. Oh, I was like, there's no furry species, but I I understand what you're saying. So now, Harlan, in your research, did uh, the the book series The Animorphs ever come into play? I didn't see anything in in this because that's actually what Mm. we're about to talk a little bit more about. That I feel like is... <clears throat> is closer to like uh, other kin where mm. let me describe this real quick because I feel like in 
in my youth, I, yes, you know, you would go to the Scholastic Book Fair sure. at school, <laughs> and then I don't, I truly don't even think I've ever actually read an Animorph book. Never I in my life. Collected them for Are you the serious? covers. I read, I read them all, and oh, yeah. the extended, like the Hork Bajir and the Andalite Chronicles. Oh my God, I have no idea what you're talking about. Cool. But I love that you you know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, shit's tight. Well, yeah, I, I definitely only collected them as like baseball for, cards, but for books. the covers. <clears throat> Wait, yeah. So you got you got the books, but you didn't read them. I got the books. I also admittedly wasn't much of a reader as a kid. I think I liked to pretend. Yeah, we can tell, like, John. Were you like a like a poser, <laughs> like a book poser? Huh? I was a book like, poser. Ooh. So would you walk around like you pass the tetherball courts, the four square shit? You got your animorphs in your right hand with an uncracked spine, just like yeah, I'm gonna read this in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you still exactly have these that. animorphs? Probably somewhere. Oh my god, you should start reading house. them. That would be amazing. You know what, man? Read I'm, them and review them on YouTube. That's that's <laughs> your new thing. <laughs> I bet. You know it's wild. My parents brought up like a uh, a box of my old books. Uh, mm. like a, a big ass box uh to my house and i i was like cool thanks i haven't opened it yet it's just over there i bet there's some fucking animorphs in hell <laughs> yeah you have to update us that's incredible yeah yeah, I'll, in I'll dig in i'm not gonna go fucking do it right now but yeah i bet there's a hella animorphs in there because whoever did those covers turned some poor stock image <laughs> high schoolers into some fucked up animals yeah the, some of the covers are hilarious versa. yeah <clears throat> you know so odd really quick before we move on from animorphs uh, yeah go for it weird fucking memory that book 25 is called polar extreme and marco is turning into a polar bear on the cover oh my god if that's correct kyle i don't know if we can be friends any longer <laughs> someone, I, someone want to look horrifying i uh uh i have to what read it, stuff okay here. <laughs> what, what, what did you just say it was book I, 25 I, well, animorphs Tell me what's on the cover and what the book is called. God, this is a this is this is <laughs> Kyle's about to be I, judged. I'm testing my memory right now. <laughs> You're also being tested by your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, what did you say was on the cover? Can navigate the a polar bear. So uh, I believe into it's a polar Marco bear. turning into a polar bear. <laughs> Marco polar bear. Oh fuck! It's I fucking got it, dude. It's definitely a polar bear. There's nothing about <laughs> yes! Marco. Hell yeah, dude. Well, yeah, Marco. You know if you see him. Oh hell <laughs> yeah! What's the name of the book, John? Uh, the extremes. I don't know. The extremes. What did you say? Oh, I said extreme. it was polar. Polar extreme. Yeah. So was... just extreme. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, that's it's... like a ninety-nine on this test. You fucking this... nailed it. The subtitle is so many yurks, so little time. <laughs> what yeah. is a, what's a yurk? Yurk is I the don't. alien invaders that are taking over Earth. What are oh we my God. We it? have to it. move on. We cannot. <laughs> so other kin, guys. So if you remember the last thing I said, um, the, the people that were also in this survey identified themselves as other than human. That's basically what other kin are. Stop sending me anamorphs. <laughs> Oh, so uh, other kin are i'm worried that if i keep reading you're no one's gonna be able to listen to what i'm saying because no, no, okay, yeah, yeah. kyle's I'm doubled over i'm listening to the other kin. i'm just excited this to see is gonna you. be the longest episode we've done in several weeks there has to be a part two 
So other kin are a subculture of people who identify as not entirely human, which is what I just said. Some other kin believe their identity derives from reincarnation or transspecies dysphoria of the soul, ancestry, or just like like metaphor that they, yeah. yeah. Uh, Others attribute it to unusual psychology and do not hold spiritual beliefs on the subject. Uh, Categories of other kin include fiction kin, who those who identify as fictional characters. Like a unicorn or something? Yes, exactly. Mm, Or like a werewolf or, well, actually, I don't know if, maybe werewolf, yeah, like mythological creatures. Sure, like a liger. Yeah, well, no, those are real, Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> what? There's like there's ligers yeah, out ligers there. Totally real. <laughs> oh shit. I thought that was just like a Napoleon Dynamite joke. I cool. I love that Kyle it can may remember have been at one point. <laughs> I, I love that Kyle can remember the cover of book twenty five having a polar bear, but he doesn't know that ligers are real. <laughs> that would be really funny. Selective trivia. If, if if ligers weren't real and you guys were just talking out your ass right now, but I wouldn't believe you. I mean I, I still would believe you regardless because yeah, I trust Kyle, you my it was clear book thirty six was Timmy turning into a liger. So, <laughs> fuck, I missed it. Um, so there's also concept kin who identify as abstract concepts, which I don't even, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around how that works. Um, that seems exhausting. Yeah, there's also this one's probably harder to understand, which is weather kin. They identify as weather systems. Ooh! Wow! So like supercells, I guess. Yeah, good for them. So like tornado. I'm. I would definitely be a low pressure system. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd be a mud flood. (laughs) Yeah, definitely mud flood. I sexually identify as a mud flood. Um, there's also like so many more other obscure categories, which like this is the part where it gets really hard to like not just make fun of these people for how they feel or how they think because again it is some of these people do maybe have some sort of like psychological disorder or something like that and it's yeah i mean let's let's be very clear we we definitely are not making fun of all of the people that are mentioned in this particular podcast yes but weatherkin is just like i i can't wrap my head around it i might be weatherkin John, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm offended you. Then kind of feeling it, to be quite honest. I'm a nice morning fog. Here's the thing: we don't we don't sure. like to alienate people, but we do tend to roast everyone equally. So, yes, uh, very true. Very everyone true. deserves to be roasted equally, which yes. I guess is just kind of no. It's not bullying, right? It's not. Bu- it's not bullying, well, right? If you're bullying no. everybody, then <laughs> including yourself, then it's just normal. Then it's just like life. <laughs> I just got yeah. roasted for not knowing what a liger was. That's true. That's true. true. See, you know what? We give and we get. Yeah. You 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 learn something out of the little bullies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Hopefully. That's the all, goal. All my love to the weather kin, but also what about uh what about a hurricane kin? Yeah, that's not... Um, no. They move well, fast. Yeah, exactly. So, Joseph P. Laycock, assistant professor... <laughs> God damn it. The fucking face <laughs> Kyle made. <laughs> like a 12-year-old. I am 12 years old. Thank you very much. Yes, we are all little 12 years old. Um, mm. 
Joseph P. Laycock, assistant professor of religious studies at Texas State University, uh, uh, believes maybe that there is some sort of religious dimension to these, but he also said that, quote, the argument that other kin identity claims conform to substantive definition of religion is problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. wow. Laycock's really laying it out there. Yeah. Um, Many other kin themselves reject the notion that being other kin is a religious belief. But again, it's like. So how does that look? Is it like, are there. Do you. okay the religious aspect of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it like Christianity, but everything's fur instead or I mean, you're like. This is this is a different thing totally than than furries like furries uh, sort of associate their their uh, personas or these these characters mm-hmm. as a part of themselves not removed sure. like or I guess it is removed whereas other kin f- do not feel fully human they feel as if they are ah, an animal spirit or something like that and once you start to get into the spirituality of it like of course there's a little bit of religious vibes sure. coming off of it right okay i understand <clears throat> and quickly whoever came up with personas definitely should have been consulted on the names of the cons yes yes that, they, i mean just that's bravo. the guy you need the yeah. persona yeah, that's, guy that's the person that really he probably came late the first um yeah the first yeah. <laughs> man that's that's good stuff that's good stuff right there yeah um <clears throat> so other kin the other kin subculture grew out of uh the elven online communities of the early mid early to mid 90s which mm-hmm. was interesting to me to learn uh one of the oldest internet resources for other kin is the elfin kind digest a Holy mailing shit. list uh, what I, I know about this oh Keep shit going. really awesome yeah <laughs> So it was it was a mailing list that started in 1990 by a student at University of Kentucky for, uh, quote, elves and interested observers. Also, in the early 90s, news groups that were initially created for fans of these creatures in the context of fantasy and horror literature and films also Mm -hmm. developed followings of individuals who identified as mythological beings. So this all kind of came out of people who were like into movies and like art that was yeah. removed from this other kin sort of subculture yeah yeah i definitely would have fall, fallen into interested observer yes uh, for sure in that category i uh you know a big fan of lord of the rings yes that would have been, so you, know. you guys remember what my first email address was right uh no yeah yeah what yeah. was it what was it well john, john you know john can you pull a book 25 on me right now can you tell me what my, what my email was uh, uh mark marco polar 420 <laughs> no uh it was uh it was back in the late 90s uh and it was elvin warrior 74 at yahoo.com Oh, I was gonna say if, don't don't put the at part maybe but it's probably not functional i remember <laughs> this, i made at that this way point. <laughs> I made my way into some chat room and someone saw my screen name and was like, this dude probably would be down with the Elfin Kind newsletter. Whoa, that's cool. And we have a direct tie to this. He fucking hit me up. It, I think his name was like Dragon Bob 420 or something. But <laughs> Sick. he was like, hey, if you're interested, here's our community or whatever. And Why? I was like, cool. And then I never did it. But Why did you <laughs> probably for 74. Oh, 
Because <laughs> I definitely would have thought, like, you know, that would have been a, a birth year. Nope. So, well, I think that I think Dragon Bob maybe thought I, I was born in seventy four, but <laughs> he I, thought you I, were way I, older. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking like twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, seven. So I went back and forth on the numbers for a long time because Elven Warrior was already taken, obviously. So I yeah. had to come up with some identifier. I really liked the way seventy four sounded, and I thought it looked good. Like on so my that's eyes. such a twelve year old thing to do. Yeah, Elven warrior 74 gmail.com i just Come like the way me. these numbers look next to each oh, other yeah. so Absolutely. good so <clears throat> on uh let's see on february uh 6 1995 a document titled the elven nation manifesto which uh yikes uh anytime <laughs> you mention the word manifesto uh was posted to usenet including the groups alt.pagan and alt.magic ck Mm-hmm. Uh, enough people contact. I don't know why I thought that was important, but it felt important that they spelled it with a CK. That's CK. <laughs> but um, enough people contacted the original author of the Elven Nation post to plan a mailing list spinoff. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> so then we have like Rich Dansky, who worked on an RPG around uh, the 90s, I believe. Or it might have been the early or late 80s. Ooh, uh, RPG. Changeling, the dreaming, said hmm. that after the game's release, uh, the Dark Fay uh, L mailing list had, quote, a rampaging debate over how the folks at White Wolf, the developer, had gotten so much of their existence right, uh, adding, finally... Oh. One of the list members came to the obviously obvious conclusion that we'd gotten it right because we ourselves were in fact changelings. Dansky denied being non-human. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is like either like super closeted non-human or is like I was just trying to make a cool game. Yeah, I just like yeah. I read like some Lord of the Rings and kind of just pulled from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I did research and i read a lot of books unlike uh, a person named john carr yeah Not- i know i didn't read that much when I was <laughs> i'll stop I like, roasting you over being <laughs> i liked collecting things i like playing baseball i like um, a hit drum I did hit a, I did hit some drums, but I didn't have time for reading, man. Words are not musical. Yeah, Words dude. take time, man. I was trying to get laid. <laughs> Fucking laid. So we're gonna talk speaking of getting laid, uh, let's talk a little bit about the the juicy stuff, the stuff the folks wanna hear about. Hell yeah, let's get fur blasted. Let's get, <laughs> Let's get to Yiffin. So yeah. when you compare, uh, when compared with like the general population, uh, the, the homosexuality and bisexuality are overrepresented in the furry fandom by about a factor of 10. So the U.S. population, uh, which is about 1.8% of persons self-identify as bisexual and 1.7% as homosexual. This is mm-hmm. according to like a 2011 study. So these might be wrong. Um, <clears throat> there have been a lot more studies and I just couldn't try and compile the most accurate thing. So this is from mm-hmm. a 2011 study from UCLA. Um, in contrast, according to four different surveys, 
uh 14 to 25 percent of the fandom of furry fandom members report homosexuality 37 to 52 percent uh 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 say that they're bisexual and 28 to 51 percent uh say they're heterosexual uh three to eight percent are like other forms of alternative sex relationships so Mm. Hmm. it's a pretty wild uh jump within the fandom um it's it's like uh you take a minority and then you look at what the makeup is within the minority and it's like it it does not follow the norms of the other yeah in and yeah you could probably do this with anything um that's probably true well, I mean, but if you think about, like, if you take, like, sports fans, like, it's probably going to be a closer representation of the general population than something like the furry fandom. So, uh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, <clears throat> and I, they have I, I the, get what you're driving at. Yeah. Yeah. And they share similar uh, attributes, like, like people who are interested. They actually, I think I, I'm about to bring it up, but sports fans share, share similar uh attributes to furry fandoms or fandoms in general uh, sports are just another fandom it's just a dim- mm-hmm. different demographic of people also um, far more socially acceptable exactly due to the yeah. Yeah, construct of society yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which again we will talk about that too mm-hmm. <laughs> um approximately half of the respondents reported being in a relationship of which 76 percent were in a relationship with another member of the furry fandom makes sense so the term "yif" is sometimes used to indicate sexual activity or sexual material within the fandom. This applies to like sexual activity and, and interaction. So, so I it, thought it was a hundred percent of the time. That's what it meant. Yeah, no, it's it's it it it's a a bit more gray than that to yif. Okay. <clears throat> so. In another survey with 4,300 furry respondents, 37% answered that sexual attraction is important in their furry activities, 38% were ambivalent, and 24% answered that it was little, it has little or nothing to do with the furry activities. So, just to break, just to get this out there, furries aren't freaks. Like, the majority of them either don't care or ha- it it has nothing to do with why they're part of the fandom yeah uh, hmm. just to you know break that stereotype it's, for anybody a, that listens it's another it's another community to be a part of and if, if if you identify that way you can have a safety net of people in a community a support yeah, exactly. structure yeah yeah um in a different online survey th- survey 33 percent of furry response respondents answered that they have a significant sexual interest in furries another 46 percent stated that they have a minor sexual interest in furry and the remaining 21 percent stated that a non-sexual interest in they had a non-sexual interest so again these kind of line up with the other stats um uh and then there's uh, there's one one last one here too just about uh pornography pornography if you will (laughs) pornography uh that 96 percent of male furry respondents reported viewing furry pornography compared to only 78 percent of female uh Mm. furries males estimated 50 percent of all furry art they view as pornographic compared to only 30 percent uh with females 
Uh, furries tend to have a, a slight preference for pornographic furry artwork over non-pornographic artwork. Mm. 17% of males reported that when they viewed pornography, it was exclusively or near exclusively furry pornography and only 5% reported that pornography was a top factor which got them into the fandom. So again, only 5% saw some yep. furry porn and were like, that's my shit. That's that's a bit of me. <laughs> I remember reading a, an account of uh, a man on, I think it was on Reddit. He was talking about his journey of uh, finding the furry community. Uh, I started like starting like post on forums. I can't remember what forum it was. Um, and then starting to feel like he felt comfortable saying like, I identify as a furry in some form or another. Um, and then, and then he, then he was like, he wanted to try to like, see if like the sexual component would work for him. Right. So he, he attended a, um, yif pile. What the fuck is it called? <laughs> I, yeah, maybe a yif party. A yif. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, the whole the whole it point may, it was, might be a noun and a verb. In, in that yeah, moment, like Smurf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, the point was though is that after he went and tried that, he realized that the whole furry thing for him wasn't sexual in the slightest. Yeah, and, and that's uh, he never yeah, tried it again. Yeah, that's hmm. the majority, and and it it's 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 again it's why I mean I I personally had that view as well before I listen to other people talk about it <clears throat> and actually do my research into like okay what is mm -hmm. what is furry because i'm getting a lot of stuff from mainstream media that's disparaging and you know uh feels incorrect so and yeah. it is and that's the problem with a lot of like mainstream media mm -hmm. so there is this is a trigger warning, I guess, for zoophilia. We're not going to talk about it too much, but there is trigger a small warning. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, sound, sound, but trigger warning. Some guy eating a sandwich just threw it across the room. Um, <laughs> a small portion, uh, proportion of the phantom is sexually interested in zoophilia, although a majority take a negative stance towards it, which makes sense to me you know you're portraying an animal that you love and care about that yeah, you relate yeah. to this is an affront to that whole idea right the worst possible thing <clears throat> yeah um there was an anonymous survey in 2008 that found that 17 percent of respondents reported zoophilia an earlier survey conducted from 97 to 98 reported about two percent of furry respondents stating an interest in zoophilia and less than one percent an interest in plushophilia which is uh, sexually aroused by stuffed animal toys, basically. Um, hmm. The older, lower results, which are even lower than estimated in the general population, were due to specifically the methodology at which these questions were asked, which were face-to-face, -face, um, hmm. which could have led to uh, social desirability bias. Interesting. Yeah, that seems like the wrong way to conduct that kind of survey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're trying to get, like, real truthful answers you gotta do it anonymously also i will say after our our little tangent about like don't bully people that are d into different stuff than you hey definitely bully people who are into zoophilia like straight up <laughs> sure i'm sorry like <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the line i if you want to fuck yeah. an animal f fuck right off yeah that's that's yeah. my stance <laughs> and i will i'll i'll die on that hill take hey, that to my grave fall yeah. off a cliff 
<laughs> yeah, long walk off a short pier. Yeah, um, boy. So uh, early portrayals. This is a little bit about what we were just talking about too. Is like mainstream media stuff. Early portrayals of furries in magazines such as Wired, Loaded, Vanity Fair, and mm-hmm. there was a syndicated sex column called Savage Love, uh, focused mainly on the sexual aspect of the furry fandom without diving into all this other stuff that we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there were also like fictional portrayals of furry fandom have appeared on television shows such as ER, which what the fuck wow, ER? Really? The crazy. Did uh, they do an okay <clears throat> job? Did you ch- check no, it out? No, these are the bad ones. These are oh, all these are the of bad these. Ones. The, all of these portrayals are uh, like inaccurate. So you have ER, CSI, the Drew Carey show, Entourage, a uh, hundred ways to die. Tosh point oh, which oh my god, that makes of sense. Of course, Tosh point <laughs> uh, Check it out with Steve Brule and Thirty Rock to name just like a few of like the major ones. There were several other shows that I had never heard of. Thirty Rock had a furry episode, dude. She also wrote like a really distasteful rape joke at one point too that got a lot of backlash. So um, mm. nothing really ages that well, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, a reporter uh, had attended uh, Anthrocon in 2006 and had noted that, quote, despite their wild image from said publications, furry conventions aren't about kinky sex between weirdos gussied up in foxy costumes. The conference attendees were, quote, not having sex more than the rest of us. And the furry convention was about, quote, people talking and drawing animals and comic book characters and sketchbooks. So not any like, weirder than any like other any, convention. Yeah. Any other Comic-Con sort of Trekkie type yeah, deal. Exactly. Um, so in October 2007, a Hartford advocate reporter attended Fur, Fi- Fur Fright 2007. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what Fur Fright is. When I first, uh, I'm hoping it's a furry horror, horror. movie. Like, yeah, like party. A, that yeah. actually sounds sick, dude. Yeah, to see man. some like <laughs> horror furry costumes, because like we all know the like the the big headed, plushy, brightly colored, like fun mm-hmm. ones. But man, I bet some like horror fur suits are wild. Hell Just, yeah, like, all kinds of werewolves and crazy shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they went undercover uh, because of media restrictions, and she learned that the restrictions were intended to prevent the types of misinformation we just talked about, and reported that the scandalous behavior she had expected was not evident. Uh, recent coverage of the furry fandom has been a little more balanced. Um, according to Ian Wolf, a 2009 article from the BBC entitled who are the furries was the first piece of journalism to be nominated for an Ursa major award, which is like a, it's like their awards, Mm. uh, the main awards given in the field of anthropomorphism. So Mm. people are like doing a better job, but again, it's, it's still a long way from being any kind of mainstream. Yeah. Um, Dr. Samuel Conway, CEO of Anthrocon, said that, quote, for the most part, people give us curious stares, but they're good natured, curious stares. We're here to have fun. People have fun having us here. Everybody wins. <laughs> Everybody wins. That's, yeah. That, I mean, that I've look, I've been to a number of conferences in my life, <laughs> be it comic or musician or otherwise. And it is nice to just feel like you're in a building where all of the same people are just as nerdy and like interested yeah. in this the shit that you are. Yeah. It, it is it is definitely kind of like a 
I don't Kyle, know, like a, a wholesome feeling. Kyle has sent a photo. I don't know what he Googled to get this photo, but it is a bunch of furries in a bathroom <laughs> at urinals peeing this all together. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not what it that doesn't. That sounds really bad. So this, I remember we this can't photo see distinctly. their wieners. <laughs> Wait, really? You can? I can't. This photo is too small. I said can't. No, there's no there's no wieners in this <laughs> no. photo, I promise. Uh this photo was like one of those memes of like teacher, can I go to the bathroom? Why didn't you go to the bathroom at lunch? And then it says the bathroom at lunch and it's <laughs> right. Yeah. There is one very intimidating sort of 1950s feeling <laughs> guy. He's got like one leg up leaning against the wall with his arms crossed staring at the camera, but mm-hmm. like this he needs to have furry, a toothpick in his mouth. The furry convention bathroom. Yes. This is the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh so let's see so there was another survey where about half of furries perceive public reaction to the fandom is negative less than a fifth stated that the public responded to them more negatively than they did most furries uh furry fans belief that they will be portrayed as quote mainly obsessed with sex has led to mistrust of the media and social researchers Mm. Um, there's a fun little thing though. In addition to the fan, uh, the fandom has grown to be such a significant demographic, um, that by 2016, the film company, Walt Disney, uh, marketed the animated movie Zootopia in pre-release to the fandom to encourage interest in the film. So that's fun. Yeah. Did it uh, work? That definitely makes sense. I, I mean, how was that received amongst the, the furry community? Um, I don't have that information. I assume I if, I well, if, if I would feel like corporation trying to get in on my goodness or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Especially I have to take advantage Disney. of me. I don't know. Yeah. That that's definitely a risk for sure. Like pandering kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know I, if it's genuine. It's hard. It's really hard it is, when it's it like is. a giant studio like this is like, Hey, we have this, <laughs> we have this movie about a bunch of anthropomorphic animals and we know how you guys feel about that. Do you want to watch it <laughs> first? Yeah. Do you want to watch it? That definitely feels like a big fuck you, but also it would kind of be like, yeah, well, I shit. Do. I mean, Actually, it really, sounds sick because yeah, it really sounds do. sick in general. Zootopia was good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, solid. Yeah, that one. I'm not so much about uh, all the memes about uh, how people actually want to have sex with Lola Bunny or what? Not Lola Bunny, whatever the fuck the bunny's name from. Yeah, that was space. Hops, Hops, Hops. 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 Yeah, but people um, bang hops. Yeah, there's a bunch of memes actually, about it on TikTok. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch of people that want to get bung in that movie. So yeah, I mean that sloth. Oh boy. Take a slow ride. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the sociology of uh, like the furry fandom. Uh, the International Anthropomorphic Research Project, or IARP, <laughs> is a team of social scientists from various <laughs> disciplines um, that have been collecting data on the furry fandom using uh, n- n- several different methodologies. Their 2016 publication collected several peer-reviewed and self-published studies into a single volume. This this is where there's a lot of statistics um, about demographic, essentially. And they found that the average adult furry is between the ages of 23 and 27. Uh, 75% of adult furries reported being 25 years of age age. 
25 years of age or younger. 88% of adult furries are under the age of 30. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, Okay, I'm wondering, is it because people engage in the community and then drop off and no longer identify or i think it's just a no t- i think contribute. it's just a timeline thing you know like if you're 25 uh you know now you were probably born you were born in like 95 right roughly so you grew up in a, an era that was more open than the previous generation so i just don't think those people exist i think that mm. people oh, that are I over see. the age at this point either don't know that it's a thing or they are have established lives so we haven't and it's not something that they can like they feel comfortable getting into at this point we haven't landed on the uh we haven't reached the generation of the elder furries yet no yeah it's coming baby though it's it (laughs) is the grapers it's on the horizon oh yeah Um, yeah. i'm I'm sure we're borderline some salt and pepper ones yeah yeah, some some clooney yeah there's there's definitely a few i mean 88 percent of adults said they're under the age of 30 that means 12 percent are not they're like and green, that goes all the, the way up to however whiskers. old and, people live for <laughs> and nine percent of those are lying yeah exactly for yeah, sure yeah. for sure so you've also got for 78 sure. to 85 percent of furries identify as male the remaining identify as female while most are cisgender uh two percent are transgender uh, a lot of dudes in this uh fandom uh 83 to 90 percent of furries identify as white again another interesting um statistic i think that the majority are also white uh only two to four percent are asian two to three percent are black and three percent hispanic um Mm -hmm. which i don't know what you want to read into that but those are the numbers uh, those are the those are them hey 20 them's the the stats them's the furries uh, 21% of furries consider themselves to also be bronies, which crossover, exactly crossover 44 consider themselves to be anime fans, which is also an interesting fact, or maybe it's not, maybe it totally well, makes the, sense. <laughs> the art style yeah, actually, yeah, the art style I've seen is predominantly like an anime, anime, anime influenced, yeah, anime yeah, manga yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, 11% consider themselves sports fans. Uh, I'm th- like that, I said, I feel like that also 11? plays 11%, 11%. Yeah. I could see like a furry furry being into tennis. Yeah. Or I mean like, <laughs> no, I'm just, I was, I was just imagining like furries actually playing tennis, but yeah. 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 What, what is just the most the suits, appropriate the sport for a furry to play? Is it I mean, football? Any, they can Maybe, play any sport they but, want. Actually, I'm thinking <laughs> baseball probably. Yeah. They, I, it seems like, like a pretty the, sporty. The like the single expression faces playing sports is actually kind of tight. It's like I, a mascot yeah. takeover. Mm-hmm. I feel I like anything it. that requires you to run, though, in those big furry <laughs> boots is probably not the best sport for but you. But great entertainment for us. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, furries as a group are more politically liberal and less religious than the average American or other comparable fan groups such as anime fans sure. while still containing contentious groups, which this is also the thing I find really fascinating about uh, the furry fandom is that there are there are neo-nazis and like alt-right activists who affiliate oh, as yeah there's God, there's a course. when we started this episode harwin an image in my mind appeared of this uh i think it's like a fox and he's wearing like a black coat with a fucking swastika on his arm and a field yeah i actually have i think in another what? window that image yeah. um yeah Shit gets uh, weird uh, man 
fucking kidding? Like, yeah, well, I mean, I feel like some of it here. I found it. Let me send this to you guys really quick. So I just sent you guys probably the photo you were thinking about. Nope. Unfortunately, there's a different one. The one I'm I'm thinking of literally has an actual swastika. In this case, it's a, instead of a swastika, it's a paw print. Yeah. But it's on that same red band with the white circle with the black uh, logo inside. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to look for the photo. Can you imagine that search criteria? (laughs) Yeah, no, don't do it. I'm not going to fucking type that in my computer and enter some fucking weird list. Yeah, Nazi furry. No, thank you. Well, Kyle Luck is a Nazi furry. Let's tag him and bag him, boys. God damn it. So some of the people in these alt-right in these alt-right sort of microcosms of the furry fandom are Mm. usually like trolls, but there is still a percentage that are, it is like in earnest, so... Um, as you would expect about half of furries, uh, identify as atheist or agnostic about a quarter is Christian. 4% is pagan. 2% is Wiccan. Uh, and the remain. All right. Yeah. Which I mean, I like my Wicca furries. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then 70% of adult furries have either completed or currently completing secondary education. Oh, that's a right. really cool stat. What yeah, is there's that? like was I said, that? this this IARP they did their fucking due diligence. They got all mm-hmm. the info they could. Nice, did some hard padding. They got their paws on the ground in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, personas, right? One of the most universal behaviors in the furry fandom is the creation of a persona, which is an anthropomorphic animal representation or avatar. Um. Mm-hmm. I just put together that time that when, when avatar came out and everyone was like losing their minds and like, like falling into a deep depression because they wanted to be Navi. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. No. Oh yeah, dude. People People were like posting YouTube videos of them, like in like Navi makeup and like crying being like, I'll never be the Jake Sully experience was what everyone wanted. They wanted to have the opportunity to become Navi. Yeah. Which now they think about it. Like, when I watched that movie, I was like, this is kind of badass. I think I might have a little furry in me, guys. I'm just, it's, it's a little Navi in you. Yeah. Uh, it's coming. It's coming up to the surface doing all this research, I think. <laughs> so, I, uh, I was uh, definitely too distracted in that movie by unobtainium. Yeah. God yeah, damn what it. A, what a f- come on, James Cameron. God just damn lazy. it. So Go to the bottom of the ocean, but you can't come up with a better fucking name than unobtainium. It was it was honestly a slap in the face, if I'm being real. It was, dude. <laughs> it was so offensive. God, he does all this research on the Titanic and like it's like it's like literally everything to the T. To the I point will realized Sorry, what's up, Harwin? I will say though that I mean, we should have known James Cameron was cringy when he screamed I'm the king of the world when he won the Oscar. That was like that should That's have been true. a sign. We should have seen it cut. We should have seen unobtainium coming. Mm, yeah, we should have. Oh, God. So uh, more than 95% of furries have a fursona. Nearly half of furries report that they have only ever had one fursona to represent themselves. Uh, relatively few furries have had more than three or four. Whoa. Uh, can you guys so the most popular there are popular fursonas. Um, does anybody want to take a guess at maybe what the top like four are? Meaning like their I, names I, or their yeah, no the top the type of animals the oh, type yeah. of fox wolf fox wolf wolf uh-huh. uh huh cat I'm guessing uh-huh. like a domestic yep. cat yep um, rabbit or tiger dog 
Oh, just oh, like a sure, just a, a house dog. Yeah, yeah. A lonely and then, house dog. And then dragons. Not dragons is the, the other wild. top the top one, which is kind of funny to me that it's not like something like squirrels or beavers. Have you seen that uh, that subreddit dragons fucking cars? No. Yes. Cool. Yes, I have. I have. It's very good. Um, yes, it's, it, it is good. Thank you. I, I already know my answer to this, but I'm going to ask you guys, and then you can think about it in the end of the episode. We'll we'll all say what our personas are. What I want you guys to think about what your persona would be. I already know what mine is. What animal I identify what with. What animal I... Yeah, mm. yeah. We'll, we'll get but back it to it. To be, it has to be something that can like be that sort of costume, though, yes? No, no not other necessarily. Can, other can yeah. rule that, that rule out. So okay, right. yeah. Whatever you think your fursona would be, um, so uh, I'll, I'll we'll come back to that because I'm very curious. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's also data that suggests that there are generally no associations between like personality traits and different fursonas, fursona species. Sorry. Sure. Um, so that's also interesting. Uh, some furries identify as partly non-human, which is sort of like the other kin thing. Uh, 35% say they do not feel 100% human compared to only 7% of non-furries. And 39% say they would be 0% human if they could compared with uh, 10% of non-furries. So does that mm. make sense? No. Can you can you break <laughs> that down further? I was trying to wrap my so head basically, around that. So basically... So, Almost 40% more furries say, or sorry, 400% more furries say they would be 0% human if they could than just the regular population. Okay. And yeah, 35% say they do not feel 100% human compared to only 7% of the general population. Okay. That's nuts. Um, That's big numbers. uh, Yeah. So, uh, for, I mean, when you say 400%, that's just four more, four times, which Mm -hmm. you can really make something sound like crazy when you use it as a percentage. Four four times is, is a lot considering just the amount of people that you're multiplying that by. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so inclusion and belongingness are, as we've sort of covered a central theme in the furry fandom compared with members of other fandoms, such as anime or fantasy sport, furries are significantly more likely to identify with other members of their fan community. Um, on average, uh, half of a furry's friends are also furries themselves. Furries rate that, which again, it's like, I feel like that kind of goes with most other things in general. Like you're going to hang out with the people that have the same interests. Yeah. It's your claim. You. Yeah. Um, furries rate themselves higher on a degree of global awareness, global citizenship, identification, and environmental sustainability. So typically they're more left leaning is kind of what it is. Is sure. what that boils down to. Except for, you know, the, the that little fraction of uh, neo-Nazis. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about that's that is furries. But there is a new generation of furries um, that are learning about it and uh, sort of seeing it in a different, more even light. Right. So. Mm-hmm. In 2019, the number of attendees who uh, were minors, sorry, uh, at, sorry, I have this out of order. At Anthrocon in 2019, the number of attendees who are minors has steadily increased, uh, said John Cole, the director of communications for Anthrocon. 16% of attendees at Anthrocon were under the age of 19. 
Some of them like the aesthetic. They like the, oh, sorry, there's a quote. Quote, some of them like the aesthetic. They like the idea of creating somebody and they like the idea of being someone other than who they are. Play D&D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been holding back referencing D- D&D again. Well, there's, 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 there's also be, will be in a lot of uh, furries or non-cis people enjoy D&D for the fact that they can re- represent themselves as something they're more comfortable with in an environment that people That's are... Safe. It's, like, it's a safe mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or exactly. Least, there are, I mean, it should be a safe environment. That's the goal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <clears throat> Um, the influx of kids and teenagers into the fandom is, uh, I mean, surprising when you look at the previous stats, not just because the demographics have traditionally skewed older, you know, between 25 and 29 or whatever, but because the perception that the fandom is inherently sexualized, thanks in large part to all of the fucking stupid MSM t- TV shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, the fandom also... Uh, is blowing up on, of course, TikTok. It's like the perfect platform for stuff like this. There's a user uh, that goes by Pikes, P-Y-X-E. Uh, he's a 23-year-old from Houston, Texas, and he says that 73% of his followers are between the ages of 13 and 18, which Whoa. is gosh. very, very low compared to people who are actually dressing up and going to these or conventions. Or you mean young. It's young. Not yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, what did I say? You said you said uh, low, and I just wanted to clarify. You meant young. Low as in young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how I'm going to refer to like people who are younger than me. Wow, well, you're, you're very low. low. Yeah, wow. you're you're a low boy. <laughs> um, and also another interesting thing is that most of them are female, uh, which again is it goes against the original numbers that we're exactly. talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm a, listening to all your numbers, dude. <laughs> a gender breakdown that actually deviates from blah, blah, blah. Uh, teenage girls, he said, tend to be drawn to the more cutesy side of the fandom as opposed to the drinking, partying, more adult side, which skews more masculine. So mm-hmm. even in the even in the furry fandom, there's still bros. Froze. Yeah. Fur bros. <laughs> there's fur bros. Fur bros. F bros. Um, many furry content... <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's probably those um, too yeah so many furry content creators on tiktok also make uh the fandom seem less threatening to parents uh user barry angel dragon who is a former u.s air force field technician uh said before tiktok got big parents were scared to bring their kids to a furry convention um if one parent sees TikTok and they say this isn't too bad, then they tell another parent as well. It's a sick um, username, by the way. Yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, he usually people just call him Barry. <laughs> they know him that he is the Angel Dragon. They yeah, Obviously. I was gonna say they, they don't yeah. go for Angel Dragon. They go for Barry. Yeah, no, just the- Barry. It's like yeah. when you're trying to get a nickname and then it just backfires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, oh yeah, my, my name's Barry, but people call me Dragon. Sometimes they call me Angel Dragon. <laughs> if you want to call me that as well, you, you sure can, thing, Barry. Also, that's an acronym for bad. My boy bad. is bad. Oh yeah, you know what? That's Barry really good. Angel Dragon. I'm bad. Bad Barry Angel Dragon. So God damn. Obviously, the subculture is becoming more popular, but it's still not mainstream. And despite like the the anti-bullying campaigns that they have and the increasing acceptance of the marginalized group, they it's still not considered socially okay for, you know, a Gen Z kid to like go to school in their fursuit or whatever, um, mm-hmm. which has led over the years to some interesting um, 
discoveries of the fandom, which I want to talk about just really, really quickly. Specifically, there was, um, I let's see if this in 2014, I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a furry convention that was happening, um, in Chicago and they had to evacuate the place because, uh, somebody left out like a thing of chlorine gas what and it like remember something about this yeah yeah it like poisoned 19 people that had to be treated at the hospital yeah and and so they had like you know the the fucking um msnbc uh morning joe reported on this yeah and um i was gonna send this to you kyle to play it but it's not very interesting um What's her name? Mika. Uh, Mika something. Brzezinski. So she starts reading the art, the thing, and they have like the on the street footage of like all these furries. Standing, yeah, I remember all those photos. Standing outside of the Hyatt Regency, like trying to keep warm and shit while there's ambulances every, everywhere. And so she tries to start to like read the news story. And as soon as it gets to like the word furry, you can hear in her voice how confused like something misfires and they start and they start laughing which is understandable but she literally runs off the set because she can't contain herself oh my gosh over this thing um and then the two guys kind of make some shitty jokes and comments but uh so that was pretty funny um and then there's another thing that happened um in 2016 as well where people for some reason uh so tony the tiger is a hottie oh my oh God. yeah he's a, he's a zaddy <laughs> for sure holy he's, shit he's a he's a, f- he's a favorite in the furry community and oh, fuck people started on twitter to send him furry porn like they oh, were dming poor old man they were dming the frosted flakes twitter account this furry pornography what unpaid <laughs> intern you think had to sift through that inbox? oh my god well well they tweeted out this? they tweeted out shortly after uh this is from tony the tiger i'm all for showing your stripes feathers etc but let's keep things great and family friendly if you could cubs could be watching oh (laughs) so then then the the frosted flakes twitter started like banning and blocking people like just indiscriminately uh <laughs> until it got to the point where people were like you know what who's another who's another zaddy Sam, baby no they uh, went they it. went for chester cheetah oh boy <laughs> but he kind of ended up flirting with them and <laughs> there like was old granddad like hugh hefner type <laughs> yeah exactly well he's got those glasses you know he's fucking oh, cool yeah. dude he swings baby Just do it baby so so there's a screenshot here of someone adding uh, chester cheetah and they just said you're so flaming hot and <laughs> chester cheetah responded oh i know i am but i always appreciate the compliment fire emoji <laughs> wow <laughs> I, I do have to say i want to give a shout out to probably general mills I, I love the uh the response from the tony the tiger uh twitter uh, yeah. i'm all about the you know it's like i'm all about it i'm all for it but but also can, <laughs> could you please stop please, it's family friendly i'm With a fucking cartoon stuff. tiger and there's I'm a children cartoon, here man <laughs> God I damn it! Sh- I sell sugar cereal. My artist didn't even give me a <laughs> yeah. dick. 
I don't yeah if I sell sugar cereal. Um any any oh <laughs> yeah, what have you guys had enough time to decide what you think your uh personas would be? That we can oh. end it with that. I'm for sure a bear. Like a big stupid As he dumb, yawns. Big <laughs> yes, bear. yeah. Winter's a ways away, buddy. You gotta get I'm through. I'm just cuddly and I just wanna like I just want to eat snacks. <laughs> get that honey jar. Some get my, that my, my man honey. Jay Bear. Jay Bear. <laughs> and fucking Donald Duck it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kyle, what's your fursona? Well, okay. So this is a cliche fursona, but also like I... Uh, so even like the spirit animal discussion, which sure. is also thing, uh, I've always... Um, I've always thought of myself as part of a wolf pack in the sense that in, in like a work context or anything collaborative, like right, I suck at doing anything by myself. So I rely <laughs> on the strength of the pack. I need I need a wolf yeah. pack to help me. Like if it's if it's a work thing, yeah, I'll 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 opt to collaborate. If it's a band thing, like the great thing about the band that John and I were in for many years was that there wasn't one pr- uh, primary songwriter. It was a group shared thing, and that was. Uh, that that fed into that as well, and that's what being a furry is all about. See, guys, it's, it's community the band together. Wait, Harlan, man. what's your persona? Oh, mine's for sure a capybara, one hundred percent. Oh, what? yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, they're the chillest. I I relate to capybaras so hard. I have I can, an image of a bunch of capybaras in like a hot tub. Yeah, that's, that's where I see you. Chilling. There's there's that one where the pelican's trying to eat the pe- the capybara, and he just doesn't give a fuck and Dude, I, I, if I don't feel that deep in my soul, I I don't know <laughs> what, what do I... do you feel? Yeah, dude. T- try it. F- like, sure. Okay. Fucking do it. Barry Angel Dragon approves of this message. Uh, so I got this information from a Rolling Stone article by EJ Dixon and a lot of it from Wikipedia because there's just so much information I had to condense it. So that is furries. Um, cool. I, we did it. I, I guess yeah. Hey, finally f- talked about it. Fur you later. No, that's nope. not. Hold on, hold on. That was we, bad. hey, we really scratched that itch. Nope, that doesn't work. Mm, um, that's fine. it's hard when you try and think about one. It it's never gonna work. Flee you later. Flee right. you later. I don't know, man. I know it sucks. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope to see you again soon. This podcast is a product of Bird Bar Incorporated.